Dawn and Steve, welcome Dr. James Patrick to take your Bible questions. Get those questions in right now by calling or texting 800-555-7898. Oh, it'd be a good time to get those in as you text in, or you could even call in. Dr. James Patrick sitting in for the Dr. Reich. Delnick, who had to take a step away today. So, James, thank you so much. You're it's like always finding great. a long lost friend. I know. We haven't seen you in a minute. How have you been? Yeah, I've been well. It's yeah? been nice to have a Christmas. Did you have a good Christmas? A happy new year? Yep. Good time with family. Excellent. Good. That's that's always nice when you get a little extra time with the family and jumping right back into conversation about the Bible. I, I do love this. And questions that are coming from Charleston, South Carolina this morning. Kathy, you want to know about Nicodemus or Joseph. Did Nicodemus or Joseph of Arimathea continue to follow Jesus after the resurrection and the ascension? Do we have any records that mm-hmm. would uh, point us to an answer to the question? Uh, there, there are lots of uh, uh, early church traditions about different characters in the Bible. Um, now, how much we can trust them, uh, we don't know. They're, they're not written by historians in quite the same way. Uh, but, uh, but so, for example, Joseph of Arimathea is traditionally credited with having brought Christianity to England. Uh, so, um, Glastonbury is uh, is is a place where he supposedly landed with a small group of of uh, Jewish believers and. And then built the first church in Glastonbury. Um, so, I mean, they, these are these are kind of legends from ancient times. It's it's unlikely that he did that, but there's all sorts of uh, theories. However, it is likely that those who are mentioned in in the text w- by name are people who the community still knew. So, for example, uh, Simon uh, from Cyrene, who who carried the cross with Jesus, and his his sons Alexander and Rufus. Rufus is also mentioned in uh, the letter, uh, end of Romans. Uh, and it's probably the same Rufus. So uh, these would be connections people knew about. Um, but yeah, we, d- we don't know for certain, but it's likely that, that Nicodemus and uh, Joseph both continue to have a significant influence in the early church. Well, James, uh, we so appreciate your answer and so appreciate uh, your question this morning. And if you have a question, 800-555-7898 is the question. Uh, There's a a lot of things that I'm not sure that we always can find a definitive answer to in Scripture. So I don't know if that we could on this one either. But um, Rhonda, one of our listeners in Nebraska, has texted in a link to an article asking the question, was Jesus really born on December 25th? Or is there evidence that maybe he could have been born in the summer? That's a good question. Again, that's one of the points that we don't really know. But what we do know is that uh, uh, Christmas was not based on a pre-existing Roman or pagan tradition uh, festival. That that has been discredited. Uh, It's often thought to be connected with the feast of of the birth of Sol Invictus, the the undying and rising kind of sun god. But uh, but actually, that the earliest evidence for that comes after the evidence for Christmas and uh, for for Christian celebration of Christmas. And actually, it's likely that uh, that the Julian the Apostate, the the um, the Roman emperor who established that, was trying to push back against Christianity and trying to reestablish some of Roman paganism, which was under attack, under under threat by the kind of growing Christianity. Um, the evidence for Christmas on December twenty fifth goes back as early as Tertullian, around about two hundred A.D. And uh, and that suggests that uh, a Jewish tradition of a, f- a complete number of years for uh, holy people, uh, like Moses, um, would have applied to Jesus as well. Moses, uh, it says in at the end of Deuteronomy that he was 120 years old on the day of his death. 
that he was he had exactly 120 years. Now, um, the early church recognized that his conception was even more significant than his birth because that was when the incarnation really began. It first happened. So, so they did the same thing for his birth and his his conception that. Uh, his, his conception and his death. If his death was on the 25th of March, which is what they was commonly calculated as at, at that time, uh, the 14th of Nisan, uh, Passover, then then he would also have been conceived on the 25th of March, which means he'd have been born nine, year, nine months later on the 25th of December. Hmm. So it was an early calculation um, based on theological reasoning from Scripture. Now, that doesn't mean that there was a strong historical reason for dating it at that point. Uh, I think perhaps what Rhonda is pointing towards is uh, the beginning of John's gospel, John chapter one, where it says uh, the word became flesh and was tabernacled among us. Now, tabernacle um, is often associated by people, by readers with the Feast of Tabernacles, which is uh, usually kind of September, um, early October time. So end of the summer, uh, one of the, the autumn festivals of the Jewish calendar. However, the tabernacle involved there is a different tabernacle. Um, the tabernacle, the Feast of Tabernacles is booths, little shelters or huts that you build on the edge of your house. Uh, whereas the tabernacle in John is about the presence of God dwelling among his people, which is the, the sacred tabernacle in the center of, of Israel in the wilderness, the holy Mishkan, uh, rather than the, the Sukkah. Uh, and the Mishkan, the, the date co uh, calculated with that is usually the first of Nisan, which is way back in the springtime. Uh, Jonathan Kahn, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn has done some good work on this. So I'd recommend you look up what Jonathan Kahn's written on that. Wow. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great I'm answer. so impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here. How do you remember all this? I, I love that. But that is why you did all your doctoral work in scripture. And I know you were in the Samuels to do that. And you may have a question that you want to join in and have discussed with Dr. James Patrick, who's sitting in for Dr. Michael Rydalek today. Well, the number to call is 800-555-7898. You could call or text in with that question. That's 800 800- Five 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 seven eight nine eight, and we're going to come back and take more of those Bible questions coming up in a few moments. Especially if you have a Bible question, because we have Dr. James Patrick sitting in for Rydelnik this morning. James has uh, completed degrees in biblical studies at Cambridge and Oxford, especially focusing on First and Second Samuel. But taking your questions this morning at eight hundred five 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 seven eight nine eight. Now, James, a week or two ago, we uh, had a question, people asking about, so what happens to people who have never heard the good news of Jesus? And uh, Dr. Rydalnik answered that, gave a great question, and talking about heaven or hell. And we didn't get the, the opportunity to get to the second uh, part of that question there. As we hear, you know, maybe that, well, how we respond to Jesus, our response to the gospel is going to determine our eternity. But how so? Like heaven or hell, how is that actually determined? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, ultimately, it's determined by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. Uh, it, it says in uh, in Matthew, uh, uh, end, end of Matthew's gospel, in Matthew 25, uh, the king, it talks about when Jesus is sitting on his glorious throne and the nations are gathered toward uh, around him, then he will separate them as one separates the sheep from the goats. And, and the righteous and the wicked will be separated. And he sa he'll say to the righteous, uh, this is Matthew 25, verse 34, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingship prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Uh, so that's that's not heaven so much. That's the kingship on earth. I mean, like, like it says in, in, in Revelation 5, um, that they will um, uh, be priests 
uh, a kingdom and priest to our God, and they'll reign on the earth. But God's intention is always that humanity rules over the earth under his dominion, that the dwelling of God will be with man. So, I mean, when we talk about heaven, it's actually, that's a Greek idea. That's where God's throne is, but God comes down to dwell with his people. But what Jesus says is that that kingship that we will inherit as nations, even alongside the 12, 12 apostles who will rule over the 12 tribes of Israel, that's earlier in Matthew, closely paralleled. Uh, the kingship is for those who God has appointed um, from the foundation of the world. So, so God chose us in him, and that's Ephesians 1 as well. It says the same thing. Now, on the other side, the wicked, we, uh, interestingly, we never find precisely parallel verses, even in Romans and other places. Uh, it never says that uh, double predestination, God has chosen the wicked for destruction. It never says that. What it says it, it, later on in Matthew 25, uh, he says to the wicked on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Not which has been prepared for you, but which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Um, that's, that's the purpose of hell. Hell is the, the destruction place for Satan and his demons. And sadly, for any who refuse to follow God's way, to enter his righteousness. Uh, the only other place is the, the place of, the, of punishment, the place of the wicked. Um, and, and so God, uh, God does bring judgment, but it's only after a, a lot of opportunities to repent. And he gives everybody uh, a full opportunity to put their trust in him. R Romans 1 talks about uh, the, the, the creation itself gives evidence of God's uh, divine power and, and, and uh, excellencies. And if we, if we see it, we, all we have to do is respond. And he says, those who seek me will find me when they seek me with all their heart. God will let himself be found by, um, by us. So, so he uh, he heaven and hell, kingship on earth and the, the lake of fire, um, are, are places God has prepared, but he has predestined the righteous for salvation. And thankfully, the grace of God is powerfully at work in us who believe. Um, thank God for that, because there's no way that I could hold on to it myself. He, he will fulfill the promises. Oh, yeah. amen. It, that is so well stated. And I hope, Jan, that answers the question. I think that is such a well-articulated uh, going back to Scripture in Matthew 25 and showing us how God uh, has these two places. There are places, but created for the demons and for Satan himself. And then giving us that opportunity by his grace to have relationship with him and take on his righteousness. Uh, Dr. James Patrick with us today, 800-555-7898 to text in your question about scripture. Mine for you, Dr. James Patrick, is about unity. The scriptures talk a lot about having unity in the faith because of what Jesus has done for us. And whether it's in the book of John or first John and love, you will be known by your love how well do you see the New Testament church carrying this out? And what does real biblical unity look like? Mm, yeah, it's a good question. And very relevant, pertinent today. Uh, so the early church, <clears throat> in the early chapters of Acts, does describe a beautiful uh, situation of unity where it says uh, they, they, uh, those who believed were together and had all things in common, um, selling their possessions as, as anyone had need, Day to day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house is the end of Acts 2. The end of Acts 4 similarly talks about that sort of uh, heart attitude of, of generosity. No one claiming anything for themselves. Uh, uh, it, it says in, um, uh, in Ephesians um, and, and Philippians, it talks about uh, in humility, consider others better than yourself. Philippians 2. 
the, the way we achieve that is through having the attitude of, of Jesus himself, who didn't claim and exploit what was his by right, the, the, um, the equality with God, but made himself nothing, taking on the, the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So, so we, we, as we follow him, uh, we, we learn to put others' needs above our own and, uh, and honor them as better than ourselves. And Ephesians 4, thankfully, talks about God's intention to bring about that unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace by Jesus appointing people in his church, leaders who can teach God's people and, and equip the saints' works for service so the whole body might reach unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God uh, to maturity, no longer children tossed here and there by every wind of teaching, that God will accomplish this in his, in his bride, um, in, in the bride of Christ. Uh, we, we will see the unity of the church in this generation. And how he's going to do that is amazing, but he can start with us. Just step by step, putting others' needs above our own and, and honoring him above all. It's fascinating. Scripture does really get clear on how we can serve him by serving others. We love him by loving others. As we look at what true unity from Scripture it is exa- how it's exampled for us and prayerfully we'll live that out today and every day. Dr. James Patrick in for Dr. Michael Rydelnik today. We are a grateful friend that you are able to step in and still have these great conversations about the Bible. If you didn't get it in your question this morning, go ahead. You still can. And we will hold on to it for next week. 800-555-7898. Over the weekend, I went to visit my mama. She lives in Kentucky, and it's about a three and a half hour drive to get to where she is in central Kentucky. And one of the things she likes right now because of her dementia and things, she and I used to eat fairly adventurously. Now she's kind of set in what she enjoys. One of them is these um, yogurt parfaits that Bucky's, of all places, yes, Bucky's has. Oh, man. Now, understand, please understand, if I made these for her, she would not eat them. But because my stepbrother had brought them in one time, she tried them, she liked them, and it doesn't say yogurt on the container. Sure. She is really enjoying these. Does it say these. parfait on It there? says parfait. Yes. Berry parfait. I was talking to Dad. He said, she's out of these. I said, I can run up the road to Bucky's. No problem. Oh, did you get the three meat sandwich while you were there, too? No, sir. Oh. I did not. I, I I didn't even take a whole lot of time to look around, though I kind of wanted to. I was on a mission, decided I better stick to the mission, just timing-wise, and try to get things done to help them in the very short period of time I was there. I pick up the little parfaits. I'm headed to the checkout line, and I look up, and my jaw just drops to the floor. There are friends of mine from Michigan standing in the Buckies in Richmond, Kentucky. Nice. Understand, I'm not in my Tennessee. They're not in their Michigan. We're both in Kentucky. And I just I just stared. And Miss Linda looked at me and she's like, oh, what? I said, what are y'all doing in Richmond? And she said, well, they have a home in Sevierville, Tennessee. Okay. They were on their way back. Home of one of the largest Buckies of all. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've not been to that one. I don't get over that way much. They were on their way home to Holland, Michigan, and she said, we always come through here. And I had them explain their route because I didn't quite understand that, but it makes sense to me now. We talked for a few minutes, and these were sweet friends of ours when we were in Michigan. Their daughter and son-in-law, we hung out with them quite a bit. So to see them was just a joy. And I wondered, have you ever been out of state 
and run into other people that were out of state and you were like, what? Now, I think this happens probably to spring breakers and fall breakers from this area. Okay. You go down to Florida, everybody goes to the same area. Yeah, this county empties out <laughs> at spring and fall break, I've learned. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and particularly fall break, most of the districts align, or at least like you said, in this county they do. And I've been walking up the beach down in Florida during fall break, and somebody, Don, hey, Don. I'm like, what? Who's found me on vacation? You know, it's just fun to run into friends when you're not in your norm. Yeah. And I just am curious, 800-555-7898. You know, I... Nothing quite as random as their Bucky's uh-huh. encounter. I have been in a Bucky's and run into other people uh, from church. Oh, sure, in, a in the state. town, right? right? Oh, yeah, in a different state. In a, in a different state, like people from our church, yes. and us happen to be in a Bucky's in a different state at the same time. Very so fun. Had that uh, kind of <laughs> thing happen um, every once in a while at an airport. Yes. I've run into somebody uh-huh. and that I've not seen in a long time. And we were like, oh, and we learned that we were at the same conference and just didn't cross paths there. But we oh, just happened wow. to be on the same flight going home or something like that. Um, yeah, but nothing like really, really crazy. I don't know. That's fun, though. I, I do. I think it's always just it brings a smile to my face when you run into people that you, either you haven't seen in a long time or that you know and you run into them at, at a place that is way different than just at the grocery store down the road. Yeah. What about you? 800-555-7898 if you have ever had this kind of encounter. Uh, it's kind of funny because for whatever reason, whether it's because we've lived in a few different states or the different uh, people we've been able to meet, People are not super surprised if I run into somebody I know. And I don't feel like I know that many people. Oh, yeah, you do. Do I? Oh, yeah. You've even said that. My mom, when she would come visit, she hated to go shopping with me because she said, you're going to run into somebody you know. And then 30 minutes later, we'll be able to get back to our time together. I don't really want to go. Your mom's not wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah, I I not surprised to hear that uh, that is something that she would say. Beth, appreciate hearing from you this morning. You said that you ran into friends from church at West, Westminster Abbey in London. Sweet. That's cool. Sweet. Okay, Cindy, bless your heart, darling. It's a good question. She meant the bless your heart in the nice way, Cindy. In a way, good Cindy. way. Because that it, has multiple meanings. <laughs> I mean, it. Cindy knows. In the utmost respect, you said, help the Alaskan. What's a Bucky's? Oh, I'll just have to send you a link. It's hard to describe. My um, my dad asked me the same question. What's so special about Bucky's? And mom, I said, well, I think they have like 120 gas pumps. Yep. And it's like the, sometimes more. Sometimes more. Like you said, Sevierville is the biggest. Uh, it is not currently the biggest, but it was for a short window of time. Then, of course, it came out of Texas. Ah, Bucky's yes. is a gas station that uh, came out of Texas, and uh, everything's supposedly bigger in Texas, right? Yep. So they couldn't let Sevierville, Tennessee, hold the title of world's oh, largest Bucky's for too of long. Of course not. Right. Uh, something like 78,000 square feet of retail space in a yes. Bucky's. Yes. Homemade smoked brisket, sausage, turkey, jerky bar, bakery. You can buy home goods clothing. in that place, clothing, swimsuits. I mean, everything. Yep. Their coffee bar is amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. It's like the best.
What's hilarious about it is if you've never been, you're thinking, I mean, really, what what could be so? Yeah. However, be prepared because with it's an experience. The, yeah. With the square footage comes the people. Uh, right. It is lots of people. So opening weekend is absolutely insane. I've done uh, Bucky's once or twice in opening weekend or the second weekend it was open. It was crazy. That I still, thinking about you and on opening weekend in Bucky's, like it's it's supposed to be two plus two plus two equals six. I don't get that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But it's insane there. And we have a Bucky's that's being built near our house right now. Yes. The exit that I take usually to go home from work. I think that is going to be insane, but I'm hoping after about two, three months it dies down, and then I can just get some really good brisket. I see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm thinking your exit is going to have to change. Well, what about you? (laughs) When and where have you run into somebody that you're like, oh, man, did not expect to see you here? 800-555-7898. That's 800-555-7898. Back to your texts and calls. Coming up. You know, as I read your text this morning, just reminded of kind of how small of a world it is. Yes. You never know when you're going to bump into somebody that you know. Ken, I appreciate you texting in from Spring Hill, Tennessee. He said that you and your wife were in the Minneapolis airport between flights to Spokane and ran into a lady from work as she and her daughter were on their way from Europe. Oh, that's kinda, so kinda cool. cool. Yep. Kristen, you're in Charleston, Illinois, and you said you were at an Amy Grant concert. You ran into a friend, very random, that you both went to Iowa. Woohoo! <laughs> Go Hawkeyes. <laughs> to the Quad Cities for the concert, and you didn't even talk about it beforehand or anything. And then there you are. You just kind of happened to meet up, and you hadn't seen each other in months. I do love that. Yeah. It's so fun to be out of pocket running into people you know. Right. Sabrina, you said that you were flying out of Chicago and two friends that you went to high school uh, noticed you. They came over and said hi, and you hadn't seen each other since high school. And the steward on the plane, but you guys all sit together in first class because the plane was very full and kind of watched this unfold. And like, that's kind of cool that the steward recognized that and said, you know what? Why don't you guys sit together? Soup. First class. Yeah. Yeah, Don't forget that part. Yeah. (laughs) Nice little bonus there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is super cool. You ran into friends from Chicago at a pastry shop in Copenhagen, Huey. Oh, Huey did. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. And I, so what kind of brought this all on is I ran into friends from Michigan in the middle of a Bucky's in Richmond, Kentucky over the weekend. And it was just super fun to see them. But I was like, wait, what? And you know me, it was one of those days I'd put a ball cap on. And, yeah, I was like, of course I'm going to run into somebody I know. Not that I super care, but when you haven't seen somebody like that in a long time, I don't know. This lady, I do love her. I She's like a a mama to me, and she's always put together. So that's another one of those things. Of course. There's a male-female distinction right there, I think. (laughs) You'd probably overthink that far more than the average guy would overthink that. Oh, yes. I think so. 100%. What about you this morning? Maybe uh, you've bumped into somebody that you were not expecting, and you're just like, wow, I didn't expect to run into you here. I was thinking through, like, when has that happened for me? The the one that pops into mind first is, many of you may recognize the name, uh, Wayne Shepard. Oh, yeah. So I'd known Wayne for a long time. We both used to work at Moody in Chicago at one point in time. And then Wayne left uh, before I did. And then 
we happened to run into each other probably 17 years ago, long before I ever lived here, in the Nashville airport. I was down for a work event. He was down to record, I think, with Michael Card on a podcast and radio program that they did and just happened to bump into each other in the uh, Nashville airport, same flight, heading home. I bet that was a short flight because I bet you guys yeah, had a fun. lot to get, yeah, get it's, caught it's cool up to on. With them. And even if you don't know the name Wayne Shepherd, you know the voice of Wayne Shepherd. Yeah. I promise you, you hear him a lot here on Moody Radio. Amina, you said that a craving for Taco Bell let you run into your sister in Georgia. Oh, that's cool. Now, she was coming in from Alabama. You were coming in to Tennessee, and both of you had this craving simultaneously, and you met up not knowing. This is before cell phones. Like, this was just kind of this chance, if you will, meeting as you both crave Taco Bell, and then you were able to caravan all the way to your parents' house because that's where you were both going, and you know God set that up. Yeah, we don't yeah. believe in chance for sure. <laughs> what about you? Have you met somebody kind of out of the norm, out of your regular place? 800-555-7898. Don and Steve in the morning. You can also message us, Messenger. You'll find us on Facebook, Don and Steve in the morning. We try to keep it simple. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this morning. It's Moody Radio.